live from America. We're listening to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. You are locked and loaded on Live from America with Jeremy Harrell. I love you all and I thank you for this opportunity to talk to you. I love hearing your stories. America is far from dead. America is alive. America is here. Even the Democrats are waking up to the dead-end destructive policies of Joe Biden. The deepest level of worship is praising God through the pain. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a stand-up, God-fearing, God-loving thing to do. What a great thing. I love you guys. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Welcome to Live from America, everybody. God bless you, and thank you for joining in. It took seven decades to come up with two effective polio vaccines. This was done in under one year. These shots need to get in everybody's arm as rapidly as possible. The way to avoid getting back in the hospital is to get vaccinated. I want to encourage everybody to do that and to ignore all of these other voices that are giving demonstrably bad advice. Everyone is now eligible to get vaccinated right now, right away. Go get vaccinated, America. Go and get the vaccination. And tell public school teachers, public university professors, tell healthcare workers that are working with senior citizens, uh, tell all these people, get vaccinated or you're gonna be fired. The key to reopening and growing economies is to vaccinate your people. More than 99% of the people dying from COVID right now are unvaccinated. 99% of the people dying right now are unvaccinated. Protect yourself and your family. Get vaccinated. Brought to you by Pfizer. And this updated vaccine, which is available for everyone five years or older, is available just in time for the holidays, letting you be your best as you celebrate with your family. Some parents want to sort of see how it goes first, but I am encouraging all parents to get their children vaccinated. But I'm also encouraging children to ask for the vaccine. I have received the vaccines. My family has received the, 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 the vaccines. Yeah, look oh, at so you. many Americans died when they could have been saved by a simple shot or two. I also think we have to overcome some resistance to taking the vaccine. I'm a Republican man. As soon as I was eligible to take the vaccine, I did it. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. And I have life that threats upon my life, harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. And the CDC has just put out a notice regarding the COVID vaccine. The CDC is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have received the vaccine and then suffered a stroke. Seems to me the next package must contain the following. Number one, liability protection, so that people who acted in good faith are not confronted with a second epidemic of lawsuits. These shots need to get in everybody's arm as rapidly as possible. And if an army of trial lawyers out there ready to take advantage of this situation. We cannot get back to normal if we have an epidemic of lawsuits. Brought to you by Pfizer. That could drag on a while, these hearings and investigations. I have absolutely nothing to hide at all. I'll be able to defend everything that I've done. And I've had nothing to do with Twitter. 
Ladies and gentlemen, big shout out to Ultra Maga for that. What a great, uh, what a great production uh, that was putting that together. Thank you, my friends. And uh, you're 100% right. You are 100% correct in all of that production, putting all those together. And um, you seen McConnell right there. I'm a Republican man. And as soon as new chins came out, I lined up to get one. I mean, excuse me, as soon as the vaccine rolled out, I lined up to get one. And we've got to give these vaccine companies immunity because we cannot have a pandemic and a slew of lawsuits. There you go. There you go. As a matter of fact, before we really get started tonight here on Live from America, welcome, by the way, I must play one more video for you. Folks, the elites, the rich, the globalists, whatever you want to call them, they're absolutely laughing at the whole world, all of us. Look at you little peasants. We can even deem you non-essential so that, no, you don't have to, get the, you don't have to physically get the vaccine. Uh, we can't make you physically get it, but we can destroy everything about your life and the people that love you and the people that you love until you do give in. I want to play a video for you from a pilot who's brave enough to come out and tell the world that all those elites, all those rich, all those uh, the, the people that run the world that are laughing at us peasants. He says there's a list a mile long for unvac- for a demand for unvaccinated pilots to fly their private jets for them. Check it out. And the U.S. Freedom Flyers, Josh Yoda, he's the head president of the U.S. Freedom Flyers. He said they're getting calls now from wealthy businessmen and companies to fly their executives around on business jets with unvaccinated crews. Now, they get the luxury of being able to choose because there are still a large amount of crew available in the United States who are not vaccinated because the companies they work for didn't mandate it. And these, these wealthy businessmen are requiring unvaccinated crew on their business. Now, passengers of an airline on an airline bought a ticket don't have that luxury. It's just like, okay. Passengers like you and I, we don't have that luxury. But the elite, they do. They are requiring that only unvaccinated pilots fly their rich little butts around the world to attend conventions and World Economic Forums. My question to all of those vaccine lovers, those five mask wearers, that I wear a mask in my car and there's not a person within a football field of me, I want to ask you, why is that the case? Why are the elite, the rich, the wealthy, whoever they are, why are they demanding that only unvaccinated pilots pilot their private planes? Don't you think that's a little weird? Folks, you are locked and loaded right here on LFA TV. This is live from America. I am your unapologetic, ever so humbled though, and God-fearing uh, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, broadcasting from the granite, live free or die state of New Hampshire. And I'm blessed to be able to do this job for you. Thank you for allowing me to come into your living rooms, on your phones, on your TVs, uh, whether you're watching on Roku and Fire Stick on the LFA TV channels, 
uh, listening on the app or listening on the podcast, or maybe you're watching on the app and all those wonderful people that are right here, 3,000 of you right now already here on Rumble. I will ask all of you, if you could do me the ever so humble favor of coming over to Rumble, giving us a like real quick, maybe sharing this feed if it uh, suits you, and then uh, and then we can get the get this out there to everybody who needs to watch it. But again, there you go, folks. Big shout-out to Ultramaga for the cold open video, and big shout-out uh, to, to people who are uh, brave enough to call it out Call out what they see. And, and that's this. He says the ultra-rich, the ultra-wealthy, the people that run the world, all those folks, they, are only, they will only allow people that are unvaccinated to fly their planes. Truly remarkable. All right, big shout-out to some uh, donors here. Brenda Bounds just became a one-time donor on JeremyHarrell.com and donated uh, a, a nice sum of money to help out the, uh, the progress here and, and, and make sure that we can uh, continue to, to work and, f- and be funded here. Uh, the rest, everybody else I'm about to mention, are monthly donors, and I want to thank you also very much. Ruth Miller, Sandra uh, Hotze, thank you very much. Nicole Martin, God bless you. Jackie Carley, thank you so much. Miranda Estes, God bless you. David Russell and Jennifer Jasperson, thank you for your monthly help. Uh, It's very important what you guys are doing, and this is a great way to fight, and we thank you so very much here. Uh, Michelle Aguilard, John Raish, Julie Brunswick, Jennifer Maroon, Linda Majaya, Linda and Sam, Karen Hamill, Tamara Lehman, Gina Harris, and Johanna Draley. Thank you so very much. Without you, we do not uh, work. We are not funded. We don't have a network. We don't have a show. It's because of people like you that we do. And I just want to say again, thank you so very much. Let's go to the Lord, folks. It is that time in the evening here on this January 16th year of our Lord, 2022. And as, uh, as we get ready to go to the Lord here, let's pop up that Rumble chat and let's do some live shout outs. How about J.K. Alba? How you doing? Good to see you. Yes, another person died suddenly, an American Idol uh, contestant. Amen. That's right. Uh, more and more people. It's so, it's so incredibly sad. So incredibly sad. Uh, 43 Gators says, thank you to the donors. We've got 12GG1990 says, I see you, Bad Moon. Of course, we got Bad Moon and Corn Pop. We've got our beloved Corn Pop in the building. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Tommy Lance, hello, how you doing? Marky2021, good to see you. Ricky is in the building. Berkshire County, Massachusetts or Taxachusetts. Miranda Dolan with the $10 donation, understanding how important our Slurp Fund and keeping our producer is. Thank you so very much. We've got Jamie Casto in the building. Gene, how you doing? Terry Sue, Punk Rock Rebel. Shannon, uh, 0530, how are you? Patty, good to see you. Chick73, how are you? Shelly Rose is in the building. BJ Hines is here. Marita, vegetarian. Carol, Texas Deb, you guys are all here. Let's go to the Lord together. Here we go. It is vital. It is vital. What a way to start out a sentence, right? It is vital to place your hope ultimately in me. Circumstances change all the time, but I am the same yesterday today, and forever. Moreover, I love you with perfect life-giving love. Big shout out to Cindy Ward and Angel Eyes as well. So I want to go back on this. It says it's, a, it's vital to place your hope ultimately in God because your circumstances change, but I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. We live in a world 
where everybody in the world wants to change the goalposts. Utility companies, vendors, TV providers, cell phone providers, insurance people, all of that. They're always trying to change the goalpost, change the original agreement, contractors, but that's not what you get with God. You get consistency. And that's why you need to place everything in God because God is the only thing that's consistent and never changing. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us. And Psalm 33, 22, may your unfailing love rest upon us. Oh, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. How many of you have, you know, bipolar issues? How many of you are different today than you were yesterday and wish you had some kind of continuity in your life? It's very simple. There is no better continuity than the words of Jesus Christ and the words in the B-I-B-L-E. Before you turn out the light tonight, make plans to nurture your hope, which comes from me. And how do you nurture something? You spend time loving it. So spend time in the word today, loving God. Thank you, Kong. Good to see you, Steve. Nevertheless, today is Steve's birthday. He's 43, same age as me. Well, how about before we pray, we'll sing happy birthday. And not like Joe Biden saying happy birthday today. We'll get to that in the show. Um, Wait, whose birthday was it again? Let's go back one more time. Whose birthday was it? Whoa, whose birthday was it? I I forgot. I don't see it now. Steve, Steve's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Steven. I bet that's what your mom calls you. Happy birthday to you. All right, now let's go to the Lord. Please remove your hats, bow your heads, close your eyes, focus on the cross. Here we go. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Happy birthday, Steve. I'm so glad you can join us. We've got almost 3,500 people watching. It is time for the first and foremost section. Lift up your cups. Let's have a nice slurp of that gourmet rise up coffee that you can get on jeremyharrell.com. Shameless plug. Got to make money somehow, you know what I mean? Plus, I love the coffee. All right, here we go. First and foremost section, let's get into it. Like a good home-cooked meal, folks. The House Oversight Chairman demands the the visitor logs to Biden's home in Delaware and says that the National Archives is stonewalling the probe. Now, this is not shocking. I reported to you earlier that even Andrew McCabe, disgraced FBI loser, Andrew McCabe, he's already urging the FBI and the DOJ not to follow through with any subpoenas or any requests from the House of Representatives. Boy, somebody's big mad. Somebody sure didn't want to give that House of Representatives over to the Republicans. Looks like every election isn't flawed. Hmm. The House Oversight Committee says... 
and specifically Representative James Comer, who we're going to try to get on the show as well, says the archives are not being transparent with the American people. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee and Accountability Committee is pressing Joe Biden to release the visitor logs to his Delaware home where classified documents were found while accusing the National Archives of stonewalling his investigation, which he has every right to do. And do you know why he has every right to do it? Because precedent has been set with the Shamuary 6th Committee. It's on like Donkey Kong and a purple thong stolen from Pete Buttigieg's closet. The archives are not being transparent. The agency that preserves presidential documents, quote, has yet to provide GOP oversight with a simple briefing on its handling of the classified docs, Comer said. So many questions remain unanswered. I will use the power of the gavel to get answers. Comer also sent a letter Sunday to the White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, demanding that he release the visitor logs for Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. The Committee on o- and Oversight and Accountability in continuing to investigate President Biden's mishandling of highly classified documents. It is troubling that classified documents have been improperly stored at the home of this, they say president, I'm just reading the story, President Biden, for at least six years raising questions about who may have reviewed or who may have had access to the classified information, Comer wrote to Klein. Additionally, Biden's personal attorneys who do not possess security clearances and White House staff continue to access and search the president's residence in Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware for classified documents. You know, that's a very good point. That is a very, very good point by Comer. Why? And when we talked about, isn't it odd that Biden's attorneys and the people that work for Biden and work closely to Biden and look and work around Biden, that they're the ones that are finding these documents and handing them over to the proper authorities, right? Instead of handing them over to just Biden himself, you know, who pays them millions of dollars in attorney's fees. That's one question. But here's another good question. Here's another facet of that uh, inquiry that I didn't think about earlier. And big shout out to James Comer for saying it. These people that are searching don't have security clearance. So how is that possible? How is it possible that the people that are searching For the classified documents, and I'll put searching in quotation marks as well, being, you know, condescending to a a little bit, you know, to a tad. But anyway, they don't have classified or they don't have security clearance to be perusing classified documents themselves. So how is that even legal? What a great, what a great point by Representative James Comer or any other White House staff for that matter. Like every president, this is what the White House says. Like every president in decades of modern history, his personal residence is personal. Yeah, okay, we get that. Not too personal when you were the vice president. In possession of documents that you are not supposed to have by law, felon. Right? We could throw that word around so loosely nowadays. But the White House, Biden's lawyer, White House attorneys, they confirm there are no visitors logs. What are you talking about? They confirmed today there are no visitors' logs for Wilmington, Delaware home. Biden has spent 40% of his illegitimate residency pooping his pants in his Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware home, which I might add, Hunter Biden crackhead, is on the lease. They also spent taxpayer dollars to build a wall, a fence, but a wall, 
a barrier to keep people out on your dollars? Or was it? Yeah, it was on your dollars. Maybe it was on people of Delaware's dollar. I don't know. But Jill Biden had a heck of a time with the city uh, planning committee, the zoning committee, to get that permit done, but they finally got it. So my question is, are they really spending time at that home? Or is it a stash house for illegal documents and illegal deals? Is it a stash house and a meeting uh, place for illegal deals, illegal documents, Secrets, trade secrets, things that are hidden from D.C., hidden from the American people because the White House or the, the, the president's house is personal. Yeah, okay. That's why all those meetings are happening there. That's why those documents are there. I'm wondering if they didn't buy it just for a storage facility. I'm wondering if Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails are hidden there. Maybe Hunter's doing lines off of the terabytes of information on external hard drives that were saved and scrubbed from Hillary Clinton's emails and her servers. And he's doing lines off of them while he's filming himself playing tic-tac-toe with Asian hookers. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Folks, we got 3,600 people here in Rumble. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. If you're just joining in, please do me the favor of liking this video. Just a thumbs up across across all devices. And share the video, please. Now, here are five unanswered questions about this Biden crime family classified document felonious activity that he's involved in and engaged in. Number one, why wasn't the public told sooner? Well, this is a question for the American people, but I can answer that because they didn't really believe that the Republicans were going to take over the House of Representatives. That's why. They literally thought they were going to be able to steal every single election that would have secured them not only the Senate, like they just stole, but also the House. By the way, they're not going to keep the Senate in the next election. I can tell you that. There's six six Senate seats that I know that we're going to focus on flipping red, and I think we have a very good chance of doing it. But I digress. First question, why wasn't the public told sooner? The timeline regarding the documents, is one of the most mysterious, controversial, weird, and cringy, politically damaging elements of the story. The timeline. All of it is so odd, isn't it? We spoke, we spoke about this today. We spoke about this last week. Why now? Outside of the fact that the House of Representatives have taken the House, and they're all up in Biden's grill, but why now? Now, the first back of do- documents, as you recall, were covered in his office at Penn State or University of Penn, excuse me, at the Biden Center. Then the second was found near his Corvette in the garage. Now a third batch of documents, five more, at his house in Delaware. Why wasn't the public told sooner? I think that is a very valid question. Well, the National Archives and the Biden's team are working together to find out what's in the documents. Read them! Read them and tell the American people what the heck is in there. You don't have to get into it. Redact it if you have to. Second, what did Biden know and when did he know it? (laughs) it's really really but I mean again these are not for you and I these are for the American people and this is questions that real TV hosts real TV pundits real journalists should be out there putting those questions to the American people so the American people can realize hey that is weird that is odd isn't it what did Biden know and when did he know it because if Biden knew it six years ago 
Then he's then he's a no. Then he knowingly did what he did. He knowingly committed felonies. If Biden didn't know, well, then he is guilty of um, negligence. And ignorance is an innocence, and you're still guilty of the crime. Either way, when did he know, and what did he know? All very, very, very valid points and questions. Third, and probably the most obvious, what's in the documents? Now, from what we were told, back when the first batch was found, that they contained information on Iran, the Iran nuclear deal, in which Joe Biden and Barack Hussein Obama gave an entire cargo plane full of cash to the Iranian regime for the nuclear deal. We know that. We also heard that there was uh, documents there pertaining to Ukraine, Burisma, the gas oil, the, the, uh, the, the, the gas company deal, the, the, the uh, firing of the special prosecutor, all that. And we know that there was documents alluding to crossfire, or I wouldn't say crossfire hurricane, I would say the Russia Steel dossier, which led to the crossfire hurricane. What's in the documents? That's what we want to know. And again, if they are that classified, then you don't have to tell us word for word, but you, do, you are obligated to tell us what they pertain to. Next question. How broad does the special counsel's probe become? How broad is it? Because you're going to have multiple investigations going on at one time. The ones from the DOJ are going to be fake and phony and just for the American public, just so they could say, look, we're, hey, hey, hey. We're doing our job. But the real investigations are going to come from the House of Representatives. Next question. Will voters grasp the difference between Joe Biden's case and Trump's case? Because there are very, very stark differences in these two cases. And for all those that are just probably tuning in, never heard of this before, and maybe you want to share this with somebody, the biggest difference is Joe Biden was not the president during the time of the stolen classified documents. And Trump was. And which made them not stolen. Which made them his prerogative on whether or not he wanted to bring them with him. And guess what else? There needs to be no ceremonial event in which a president declassifies something. He can go into a bathroom and whisper into a tape recorder that is not even on record and say, I declassify these documents. I declare these documents declassified and let it be. Now, I'll bet you that the next time a Democratic Congress is allowed to just ram laws through without any accountability that they'll change that. I'll bet you that they'll make it so there has to be some kind of a notarized public or ceremonial event that holds that moment in time for everyone to see. I'll bet that. But as of right now, too bad, so sad. Sorry about your luck. That's the biggest difference right there. Here's the other difference. Federal government apparently had no idea about these classified documents that Joey Biden had, that Uncle Joey Applesauce had. Of course, they all knew about President Trump's documents. As a matter of fact, President Trump's documents had already been combed through by the National Archives Agency and by the FBI, and they suggested on how the... Trump should keep these documents there. Here's the third. Here's the third. 
President Trump's documents were behind lock and key. They were in a heavily guarded area with security cameras running 24-7. Probably one of the most secure places on earth with Trump's own security and Secret Service. Joe Biden just had his strewn about in his dirty garage with his stupid Corvette. And in a closet at the Penn, the Biden Center at Penn U. <laughs> so, if you really want to talk about differences here, let's talk about, well, he, he's complying completely with the National Archives. Well, duh, of course he is. Of course he is. What choice does he have? Now, President Trump did not have to comply any further than he had already complied. And that's what they're running on. That's what they're running on, folks. Truly incredible. Would you like to see Joe Biden singing happy birthday? Oh, my Lanta. Oh, did he ruin this? Are you ready? Oh, sorry about this, folks. Joe Biden tried to sing happy birthday today to Martin Luther King III's wife, Check this out. But congratulations today, the honorees, uh, including your wife. I understand. Uh, is it birthday today? Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valentine. Happy birthday to you. Well, it's hell turning 30, but you got to. Happy birthday to you. Sorry, I had to put on my glasses, folks. My eyes started watering from the screens. Happy birthday, dear. Happy birthday to Oh, it's hell turning 30 hours for the birthday. Return to national any the pressure. You know, I can understand forgetting somebody's name, but when it's Martin Luther King Day and you're singing happy birthday to Martin Luther King III's, the wife of the Martin Luther King III, you might want to get that right. Happy birthday, dear. <laughs> That's Joe Biden for you, folks. That's Joe Biden. Hey, guess what, guys? We got a new sponsor, finally. Finally locked these guys down. I'm so happy to talk to you about these guys. And by the way, it's absolutely free. Free to you. And that's the greatest sponsor. A sponsor that helps fill in the gaps, but doesn't require the listeners to pay any money. Now, remember, the last three years, we have been trying to build a parallel universe, right? With no Democratic-owned companies, no woke companies, nobody in our business, nobody. We want cell phone. If we could build, if we could build a whole new cell phone network with a whole new Play Store, we would. And by the way, I think that's in the works. But anyway, I digress. This right here, folks, is another company. And they are partnered with TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, just like Credit Karma. But these guys are called Scoremaster. Scoremaster. And what these guys want to do is they want to help you basically like a financial advisor. 
They'll tell you what credit cards you should be using, what credit cards you shouldn't be using on your credit, when you should use them, when you should not use them, what you should use them for, and what other cards maybe would build more points. And every time you, every time you take a suggestion from them, your credit score will go up. And not only that, they will basically steer you away from banks that are trying to steal money from you through hidden interest costs. This stuff right here, ScoreMaster, is, it's absolutely free. You just get the app on your phone. I got the app on my phone now, and it definitely, definitely is 10 times better than stupid credit karma, okay? You can keep track of your entire life, your entire financial digital credit life with this app. It's truly remarkable. Let me read for you their pitch to you guys. Charging higher interest rates is how banks make more money. And they take a lot more of your hard-earned money if your credit score is just okay, but not great. ScoreMaster, the new science in accelerating credit scores, puts you in control of your money, not the bank. Like, say your credit score is about 650 and you're borrowing 500 grand to buy or refi a home. Starting at ScoreMaster could save you over 75 grand in interest over the life of your loan and more. The 75 grand is your money, not the bank's. And that's the genius behind ScoreMaster's three-week rule. Especially now with soaring interest rates and the way the economy is, it only takes a minute to get started and you can add 30 to 100 points in about three weeks depending on your credit file. So before you apply for a loan, before you apply for an auto lease or any kind of credit or anything, start at ScoreMaster. Visit scoremaster.com slash LFA to try ScoreMaster for free. Free. Visit scoremaster.com slash LFA. Now, there are different tiers to this, obviously. But again, folks, this is about declaring your independence from credit people, from banks, from the big banks, especially when when you're talking about what happened with the big banks and the FDIC that we talked about earlier. So this is just another, another tool that you have to keep yourself safe and to make the right decisions. Have somebody there guiding you with your money, okay? Again, it's absolutely free to try. I'm sure there's more paid tiers if you want to get deeper into it. Actually, I know there is, but you can sign up today. Check it out, scoremaster.com slash LFA. Now, these guys are, yeah, I know some people don't feel comfortable with that. It's all right. I get it. I have credit karma, so I have that on my phone, and that's how I check, you know, constant things going on and, like, where I can boost things a little bit more. But credit karma is, is, is always been kind of a, like a liberal, think, uh, a liberal company. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't like the way they do things. They're not accurate. These guys are a lot more accurate. They're a lot more focused on the individual and businesses and all that. So, you know, they're a new sponsor. Let's, give, let's all uh, check them out, give them a try. And, again, it's absolutely free. So check it out. My credit score is poor and it will be dead after my student loans hit, says Kayla. Well, this will help you by like doing certain things every week. You, you earn a point system and it actually builds your credit for it. They help you. That's what they do. So it, just check it out. All right, we're going to move on. Let's talk about, earlier we were talking about the, uh, the, the $9 trillion that Americans have of wealth, whether it be in assets or money or equity or whatever, in the banking uh, industry, in the banking system in America, $9 trillion. But yet the FDIC does not have to carry even $1 on hand anymore to ensure that $9 trillion. We talked about that earlier. Now, in this Biden economy, you guys have to be aware of the real estate market, the housing market. It's about to bust. 
Everybody's been talking about it for months. It's the only logical thing next to happen. Make sure if any of you have houses that you're maybe flipping, maybe you are, maybe you have stuff that you're selling, uh, it's about to bust. So just know that real estate experts are sounding the alarm because of what Biden's done to this country, that the real estate markets are in big trouble. And folks, we could probably see the same thing that we saw in 2008, okay? The Fed's increases in the interest rates are starting to impact the real estate markets tremendously. Last week, the banks, it was reported the banks are preparing for billions in losses in 2023. We talked about it earlier today. This is due to Biden's horrible economy and raising interest rates, all just continuing to raise interest rates. There are, these are some of the highest liabilities on the books in years, at least since 2008 in the housing market. As the Federal Reserve continues its hawkish market reset, which has contributed to the rise in interest and mortgage rates, rates, real estate experts are sounding the alarm that big trouble lies ahead for the U.S. market. They said when you have a rise and increase in interest rates like we've had over and over and over again to try to curb inflation, that is a big problem for housing. Interest rates are like the mother's milk of housing. And that is what uh, uh, Pulte Capital CEO Bill Pulte said. He said, if you cut it off, you're in big trouble. And when you've had these kind of masses increases in, in, in interest rates, it just put a lot, it puts a lot of things uh, on stop. It's the tale of two cities. I hate, I hate to relate it to politics, but the more red states, places like Florida and Texas, the office buildings are pretty busy. Business is booming. There's more demand and supply. But the blue states, completely opposite. And folks, most of those blue states and big cities are in blue states. And they're running the show and they're going to destroy everything. Biden's economy is collapsing. Now, we're not going to, I don't want to, I'm not an economic expert, okay? But I own a home. We own land. My wife and I are very good at budgeting, okay? I have been the general manager or the sales manager or some kind of a manager of a business for for over a decade, two decades now. I understand money coming in, money going out. I understand how you can overextend and screw yourself later. You don't have to be an economic expert to figure this stuff out. All you have to do is just be engaged in some way, shape, or form in the economy. And you know, hey, if you're, what you're doing at a national level is not anything that we would do at an individual or, an, or a, a, a small home level. And if we did that, we would be bankrupt and we would be homeless in a week. It's not hard to figure out. All I'm saying is, folks, every time we do a show here on LFA, every time, we try to make it so that people are not caught shocked and with their pants down. What we try to do is make it so that you at least are aware of what's going to happen in this country. And what happens politically, well, that kind of works its way down, doesn't it? to economic, to cultural, to societal, everywhere. So I hate talking about economic stuff, but it is a problem. And we already know that the dot, look at the 401ks. We tried to warn people forever on that. And now we're talking about the real estate in, uh, market. It's about to bust, folks. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to the Rumble chat and see what the LFA family is rumbling about. How about that? We don't grumble, we rumble. How about that? Uh... President Trump said everything Biden touches turns to, and they showed a poop emoji. A poop emoji. 
Smart invis investments, they work. Lacey, you are correct. And folks, sometimes it's not about spending your money. It's just about moving. If you have money, like savings or anything like that, it's not about spending it, okay? It's about moving it into a place that it's not going to be destroyed by loser Democrats. It's just about being smart where you put it. People need to start compounding money, says Lacey. Mine tanked, says Jamie Castro. I'm assuming talking about your 401k. Yeah, so did mine. So did mine. Lacey, I have five acres and might start growing hemp. Well, I'll tell you what. If you have land, I would start utilizing that land for something. I'll tell you that. Vicky, our mortgage payment is over 1000 per month. We, we can't afford it. Must can't afford it. Our house will be paid off in a couple of years. Um, Jeremy, I ordered my coffee this morning and it's already on its way to my coffee cup. Well, look at that. Look at that. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. The rise up coffee folks, truly great stuff. And wait till you see what we have in store. I don't know why that just happened there. Wait till you see what we have in store, uh, for you with rise up coffee. All right. We're going to get back to it because I got a lot, uh, to go over. Thank you, Tina Tidwell. God bless you. Tina Tidwell, ladies and gentlemen, just donated some money for Eli to keep him employed. What a nice lady that was. Thank you so very much. What a nice gesture. All right, moving on. Radical Democrat Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. Everybody knows this loser, right? She has introduced a bill, not, the, not like it's going to go anywhere, but that's not why we're reporting on it. We're reporting on it because had the House of Representatives not been taken back, this is the kind of stuff that would have worked its way right up through because we, don't, we, don't, uh, we, don't have the, we didn't have the House, we didn't have the Senate, and we didn't have the White House, at least not um, illegitimately they had these things, right? So radical Democrat Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced a bill to make it to make white people criticizing a minority a federal offense. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Race baiting from the radical left never takes a day off, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to expose it all the time here on LFA. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please rumble this video and share, okay? Democratic Congresswoman from Texas, Sheila Jackson Lee, has introduced a bill that would make it uh, make criticism of a non-white individual by white people a federal crime, believe it or not. Boy, I tell you, they want to do anything they can to label you as a felon to take a gun away from you, don't they? She is so blinded by racial hatred, and she's too dumb to see how much how such legislation would hold up in court. Let's be clear, folks. This woman is very, very, very stupid. Very stupid. I'm a loser. Perfect music for her. Perfect. I'm a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be. Well, folks, it might be Martin Luther King Day. You know, when Martin Luther King said, let somebody be judged about the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But Democrats are not here for that. They don't care about that. As a matter of fact, folks, if, J if Martin Luther King were alive today, he would say that not one of these activists or black activists or race baiting scumbags, not one of them actually stand for what Martin Luther King said in his speech. Now, regardless of the fact that it's known that Martin Luther King was a womanizer and that he did a lot of things, folks, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his speech and what he meant. And Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, you are so far off from what, what Martin Luther King meant when he said, I have a dream, you moron. <sighs> anyway. 
In what can only be called a convoluted mess, a bill proposes that a white person who vilifies any non-white person, by the way, who's going to judge that? Who's gonna, who is going to gauge what the level of whiteness that you are allowed to say something against, a pers- against another level of skin color? Where is the line? What, is, it, is it light brown people? Is it only dark brown people? Is it albino or is it white? What about people with a tan? What about people who are white and Hispanic? Are they allowed to? What an idiot this lady is. Anyway, any non-white person, as their words end up on social media, accessible by, quote, persons who are predisposed to engaging in any action in furtherance of a white supremacy-inspired hate crime, would themselves be committing a federal crime. This provision is so broad that you could drive a Mack truck through it. You could literally drive a Mack truck through it while Stacey Abrams was riding on the side of the truck like a sidecar to a motorcycle. What is white supremacy-inspired hate crime under this statute? How is replacement theory defined or redefined? Because what Democrats call replacement theory as a way to silence Republicans is not often replacement theory at all. It's just reiteration of Democrat-admitted aims to use immigration to influence elections. Again, who is going to, if this bill had gone through, not that it's going to. And by the way, it's against the First Amendment. There's no such thing as hate speech. If there was such thing as hate speech, then there would not be a thing called free speech. Just saying. But just so you know, folks, had the Democrats stayed in power, had the Democrats stayed in charge, this bill would have been put through. It would have been passed by House Democrats. It would have been sent to the Senate. It would have been passed by Senate Democrats. It would have went to Joe Biden's desk. He would have colored outside the lines, put it into law, and then it would be challenged in court for years and years and years and years and years. These people definitely want to follow through on Barack Hussein Obama's plan to fundamentally change the United States of America. They hate the fact that there is free speech. They want free speech only if it means that what you say doesn't hurt their emotions and feelings. Now, I'm not picking on a Democrat by saying that. That's absolutely 100% true from what the left, what the totalitarians and the Marxists and the progressives, people that label themselves that, that's what they see. That's what they believe. They also believe that you should not be able to own a gun in any capacity whatsoever for self-defense or anything. That's what police are for, they say. Those two, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, those two right there, Without those two, you don't have America. You don't have America. Without the first one, you don't have America. Without the second one to protect the first one, you don't have America. That is fundamentally transforming this country, and they are not shy about it. They are not shy about it. They don't even refer to the Constitution anymore when they set a standard. If there's a standard to be set, they don't set the standard with the Constitution or of the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or the Federalist Papers, or the, or the Declaration of Independence, for that matter. Their standard is always compared to a European way of doing things. Well, that's how they do it in Europe. That's how most civilized countries around the world do it. 
This is how they do it in the UK. This is how they do it in Germany. This is how they do it in Switzerland. This is how they do it in Sweden. In California or in Canada, they do this and they give free health care. In Sweden, they give free health care. In Switzerland, they do. I don't care. None of those names to me sound like the United States of America. The USA. I don't care that all these other countries do it. If you're not using the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the Federalist Papers, if you are not using them as your standard, then you are a Marxist and you are a traitor. Especially if you are pointing to a European way of doing things. Not cool. Now we're going to go uh, to January 6th, folks, because I want to read this. Um, I want to read this report for you that was put together by Jim Hoft. And what caught my eye about this is he actually titled it, It Was All Planned. Now, usually when we're talking about it was all planned lately in the last couple of years, it's about January 6th. So that drew me in. So I started reading about it. And of course, Jim is a good friend of the shows. And I really, 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 um, I really appreciate the work that he and his team do. A tactical commander for the United States Capitol Police admits that during a testimony that the agitators, you know, the ones that were uh, shooting uh, flash grenades into the the January 6th crowd, the ones that were uh, agitating by, uh, you know, uh, sending in FBI agents and Antifa people, trained people to break windows and cause uh, problems and to be shaking gates so that the police would let them in. He says that these people, these agitators were highly, highly trained individuals. The ones that ripped down the fencing prior to the protest at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, he said they were highly trained individuals, highly trained agitators. Now, we've known this for two years. We've also known that there was multiple, multiple federal operatives involved in and possibly driving the January 6th protest that turned into the January 6th riot that was never a January 6th insurrection. On Sunday night, Julie Kelly from American Greatness, along with several January 6th prisoners, conservative reporters, January 6th family members, and even liberal trolls, joined the J6 Truth Exposed Twitter space hosted by the Gateway Pundit. Okay, now you can go to their website and you can listen to the whole thing on their website. During the discussion, author and investigative reporter Julie Kelly dropped a bomb from a January 6th defendant, Richard Barnett's jury trial last week. Julie discussed that in that trial, new evidence she wrote about in her last column stating that Captain, Captain Carnesha Mendoza a tactical commander for the United States Capitol Police at that time admitted under oath in court last week that a group of agitators that were there up front were highly trained, destroyed security barriers, and lured people to the Capitol grounds that day. Can we say Ray Epps? Now, this is something that they and we have reported on for the last two years. Who were the mysterious people who arrived early at the U.S. Capitol and took down 
all of the fencing and barriers while President Trump was still talking at the ellipse a mile away. Captain Carnesha Mendoza testified how a group of agitators destroyed the security barriers and purposely lured people to the Capitol grounds that afternoon. And defense counsel Brad Geyer says, isn't it true that you had a lot of people, a large quantity of people, walking down two streets that dead ended at the Capitol? And Mendoza says, yes, sir. Defense attorney Geyer says, And would it be fair to say that at least some of the leading edges of that crowd, they contained bad people or provocateurs? Is that fair to say? Tactical Commander Mendoza said, that's fair. uh, Defense Attorney Geyer says, were they dangerous people? Mendoza says, yes. Geyer says, violent people. Mendoza said, yes. Geyer said, highly trained, violent people. Mendoza's response, yes. Geyer says, highly trained, violent people who work and coordinate together. Mendoza's response, yes. It was a stunning admission. Representing the first time a top law enforcement official stated under oath that a coordinated, experienced group of agitators engaged in much of the mischief that day were highly trained, highly strategic, and highly coordinated. Under further questioning, Mendoza acknowledged those same fencing or those same individuals, excuse me, pushed through barriers, removed the barriers, and threw the barriers over the side, removed the fencing, and eased the flow of people into places where they should not be. Now, this happened around 1 p.m., the same time the joint session of Congress convened to debate the results of the 2020 presidential election, like like lock and step, same time, 1 p.m. Now, I was already gone at that moment, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this from my own observation that day being there. Those fences and those barriers were respected the entire morning that I was there. Myself and producer Eli got there at what? What, Eli, 8 a.m.? 7.30, 8 a.m.? Maybe even earlier? We got there earlier. It was cold that day. We didn't go to the ellipse. We went right to the Capitol. And everybody respected those barriers, didn't they, Eli? Nobody, Nobody disrespected the fences. As a matter of fact, every time another member of Congress that was popular like Madison Cawthorn. Remember seeing Madison Cawthorn wheel in his wheelchair, Eli? Everybody went nuts. Anytime we saw anybody that was a conservative, the crowd went nuts in cheer. Matter of fact, most of the Capitol Police that were there that day were having a great time with the crowds, laughing, joking. Everybody was respectful. Nothing was happening until one o'clock, the same time that a joint session of Congress 
had been convened to debate the 2020 election, that's when it happened. And now we have a law enforcement official that was a tactical commander that day on, under oath, on record, saying that the people that orchestrated the whole thing, the agitators, were highly trained individuals and highly dangerous. Hiding the pivotal role of still unidentified and uncharged agitators on January 6th is just one of the reasons why the government has successfully sought to conceal thousands of hours of footage captured by the Capitol Police's security system before, during, and after the protest. But this will be Kevin McCarthy's crowning achievement, folks. Kevin McCarthy has done a lot of good things in the last two weeks. Will he continue? I guess time will tell. But if Kevin McCarthy was able to release, and he says he will, all of this to everybody or as much as he can, this would be his crowning achievement. This would, I believe, this would nullify all of Kevin McCarthy's rhino ways. And by the way, what I'm hearing is that the January 6th, or the, the, the House Republicans have the authority to remove the January 6th prisoners from jail. Now, I don't know how true that is, and if it applies to everybody in there. I know there's some truth to that. I'm working on that. I'm working on getting the exact truth for you so that I can give it to you so you don't think that they can get everybody out and they don't because there are some people that they could probably get out and there are some people they probably can't. It just depends on each individual's personal case and where they are with their defense and whatnot. But from what I understand, again, I'm paraphrasing something that was told to me today, is that the House Republicans could get the January 6th prisoners out of that gulag. Let's pray that's true. Let's pray that's true. Now, we're going to go over a little bit today, folks, so I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to go through this next story real quick. An attorney in Arizona has just filed a lawsuit against the anti-woke, or from the anti-woke civil, liberal, civil liberty group. He has just filed a lawsuit against the judge who dismissed Carrie Lake's election contests. His name is attorney Ryan Heath. He uh, filed a lawsuit last week in the Arizona Supreme Court against Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson's ruling in the Cary Lake election trial. He says, um, Heath's petition argues that Thompson set the burden of proof too high, requiring Lake's attorneys to prove that election misconduct by officials was intentional and intended to affect the outcome of the election, which they did. Heath also contends that it would have been physically and mathematically impossible to verify the more than 1.3 million images and mentions similar to the chain of custody issued raised in Carrie Lake's lawsuit in Maricopa County Superior Court trial. This is separate from Carrie Lake's ongoing lawsuit, which she says will go to the Supreme Court sooner or later. Big shout out to that attorney for having the guts to do that. Now, moving on. Eighth grade educated, uh, eighth grade educated Mayor Eric Adams is very upset, folks. He is very mad. He says New York City is at a breaking point for illegal aliens and something must be done now before New York City crumbles. So what did he do? He decided he'd go to the border. There he is. Look at him. There he is looking at the wall, trying to find out why these illegals are coming to New York City. If there's a darn wall right in front of me, I don't get it, says eighth grade educated Eric Adams. There he is again. Mayor. Mayor. On the back of his 
sleeveless vest. Mayor, it says. I believe there's a video accompanied with this. Here I'll talk. So, so, so these right here, these are these are these are these are steel. These is, this is a steel device here. This is this is made of, a, of of some sort of metal. Yes, sir. This is the fence. Okay. So, so are they squeezing through this little hole right here? No, sir. They're not. Uh, this right here is secure. They're not coming through this area, sir. They're actually coming through the open areas that the Democrats, your party, is exploiting. Are you sure they're not? Are you sure? Are you sure they're not? Coming up through them, those the, 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 the little slots here. No, sir, I understand that you're incredibly stupid and that you only have an eighth grade education. But, sir, I'm telling you, there's no way they're getting through this area, right? Well, okay, well, thank you very much. I don't understand why they're coming to New York. They don't have those hanging earrings. They don't have the, where you get that hanging earring from. I don't understand why they're coming to my city, says eighth grade educated Merrick, uh, Eric Adams. New York is at a breaking point. Adam says New York is struggling under the number of illegal migrants, I call them illegals, who keep arriving in the city and he needs help. What do you think the country's going through, numbnuts? I wonder if eighth grade mayor Eric Adams is going to call out the Biden administration. They're the ones responsible for this. He said last Friday, the Big Apple is at a breaking point because it's not wearing a hanging earring. Let me show you, ladies and gentlemen, what these disgusting migrants are up to, these disgusting illegal aliens. Let me show you what they're up to, folks. Let me show you what they're doing to New York City. Let me show you what they're doing in New York City, spreading disease and destroying $500 a night hotel rooms. That's what they're doing on your dollar. Of food being thrown away because the migrants don't want to eat them. Because they don't want to eat it. And Look at all the food. Waste. We paid for this it, they throw it away. Food that is going to waste. This is insane. This is fresh. This is good food. Good food, but they don't want to eat it. They said they don't like it. Now, what you just saw is this huge amount of food that's been thrown away daily at this big New York City hotel that's being used to house illegal immigrants. Now, according to this whistleblower, more than 36,400 have come to New York City in the last few months, and city officials have put them in, up in at least 14 hotels, one of them being the Row in Times Square. Now, that's where the pictures that you're seeing right now were taken. My next guest, Felipe Rodriguez, says that he's worked there since 2017, but now that illegals have taken it over, the place is complete chaos. And Felipe joins me now. Felipe, good to see you tonight. Now, when you say chaos, tell us what you mean. Fights, drugs, altercations, other violations. Um, good evening. Uh, nice for you to have me. Thank you. Um, the, the chaos uh, that we see at the road today uh, is compiled by uh migrants being drunk uh drinking all day smoking marijuana uh, consuming drugs and domestic violence domestic violence consuming drugs throwing away uh perfectly good food that you and i paid for 500 a night hotel rooms oh and don't forget folks spreading diseases not only stds but diseases we haven't had this country in this country in decades 
in decades. I think we need to speed up the impeachment process just a little bit, don't you? I think we do. I think we do. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, before we go to the last story of the night, oh, and by the way, Mayor Eric, 8th grade Adams, if you think New York City is at a breaking point, welcome to America, numbnuts. TACRightLFATV.com. TACRightLFATV.com. That is T-A-C-R-I-G-H-T dot uh, L-F-A-T-V.com, right, L-F-A-T-V.com. If you guys are looking, by the way, if you want to know where you can find the, uh, the links to all of our sponsors, let me just show you real quick here. Check this out. You go to our page on any video and you scroll down, press show more. All of the links are right here on every video that we do. So if you want to go to TACRightLFATV.com, it's right in here. These are all the people that have worked with us, our sponsors, so on and so forth. So ladies and gentlemen, again, get your little tiny assault mini chainsaws today. They're so cute. They're so ergonomic. You can run around and you can cut up anything you want. Anything you want. Well, as long as it's legal anyway. And folks, these things are powerful. They do hold a charge for quite a while. You can get different attachments for these bad boys. They truly are powerful. You can cut down pretty good size. You know, I mean, you can cut down trees and logs and limbs and all that stuff in your backyard. Weeds, all that stuff. The mini tack right, or the mini chainsaw, mini tack right chainsaw, ladies and gentlemen. Truly, truly a remarkable little toy, tool, whatever you want to call it. That's about how big it is. You can see it in the hand right there. They're super cheap. Free shipping and handling. TackRightLFATV.com. You want to get it today. You want to get it today. Mini assault chainsaws. That's what they're going to call them next. All right, folks, before we let you go, I got to tell you, uh, the, Repub- or the Democrats are very, 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 very mad right now. Extremely mad, I would say, over the fact that uh, Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and Ilhan Omar and others are being removed from their assignments, from their committees. It means they no longer get uh, uh, briefings. It means they no longer know what's going on. No more classified information for people like Eric Swalwell, who, who dated uh, a Chinese spy named Feng Feng. Um, watch how mad they are, where they go on and say that never happened. That's a Republican lie, even though it's literally ingrained in history. Something else, the moves um, by the new GOP-led House this week certainly raised alarms. What are we hearing in general from Democrats over these alarms? Yeah, look, the big thing here is that Kevin McCarthy, even in his press conference on Thursday, continues to uh, say false claims about some members, including Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff, who are key members on the Intelligence Committee, saying that because of some allegations, including a false claim that Swalwell was involved with the Chinese spy uh, nearly a decade ago, that was, of course, unproven when uh, people looked into him, that because of this reason, he will not be allowed to uh, sit on the Intel Committee, and neither will Schiff, who told me this week he's not sure when he'll get reconstituted. I want you to take a listen to something kind of disturbing uh, that Eric Swalwell shared, which is a threat that he received overnight, a violent threat uh, in light of these comments from McCarthy. Getting your kicked off the committee is the least of your problems. The American people aren't going to be happy till we see you hang by the neck until dead, dead, dead. Legally. That's right. Through trial. That's right. Have a nice swing. That's right. And, that, and he can say that legally. So look, this is obviously scary for these members of Good. Congress. And this is all part of the Republican agenda to investigate. Hold on. Good. Good that you're afraid. Good. 
You might want to turn the volume down because I'm about ready to scream. I'm glad you're afraid. Good. We the people have had enough. And we the people in our constitution have an enshrined obligation, duty, responsibility, and right to legally remove you by any means necessary when you have tyrannically taken over a country. Good. I'm glad you're upset. I'm glad you're mad. I'm glad you're afraid. And I'm glad that that man said legally because that means that it would be done in a court of law and that he wasn't threatening him to kill him. Smart man. Remember, use your words wisely. Good. I'm glad that that happened. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end the show on a good note. You know that loser that Mer- you know that loser Merrick Gardenome Garland who appointed that special investigator to investigate President Trump in Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, that guy. Well, McCarthy and House representatives are now saying that they are going to defund the DOJ and their ab- defund the DOJ's ability to be able to have this investigation. They are literally going to use their congressional power to defund the special counsel pursuing Donald Trump. Then they're going to expunge his two illegal and illegitimate House impeachments. Watch the liberals' heads explode. Oh, Sven from NPR is going to be so mad. Oh, I can't wait. Folks, it's about to get down and dirty, and I, for one, am in the mud, in the mud like a pig rolling around. I can't wait for it. I cannot wait to get my hands dirty in the swamp and finally see that swamp drained forever. Look, before we go, folks, we got a massive, huge LFA blowout sale. $15 item. If you go to jeremyharrell.com, see, there you go right there. Scroll down, scroll down. Look, nice featured items. Boom. Whoa, slow down. Huge LFA blowout sale, folks. Every item here is only $15. And if you follow the newsletter, you can even get 20% more off that by using your promo code. It truly is amazing. Truly is amazing. Anyway, folks, check it out. Huge LFA blowout sale. Help us get rid of this overstocked items, over these overstocked items so we can make room for some new stuff for 2023 and 2024. Look, folks, it's been a blast. I love you. But we got to go because I'm 11 minutes past the hour. And there are right ways and there are wrong ways. But there is only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I appreciate everything that you guys do for me and everybody else on this network. Please do not forget to go and rumble all the other shows. Let us take over the Rumble Top 50 leaderboard. I love you guys. Keep a smile on your face. Keep your families close and keep spreading the gospel. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Grab your Bibles, grab your coffee, because it's time for Coffee and Jesus. I'll see you then, everybody. Peace. That will die.